Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor or a volunteer in your local church, Ministry in Motion offers you resources, cutting-edge ideas and other great resources as well. Our topic today is the Ministry of Compassion and our guest is Jose Cortez, Jr. Jose, thanks once again for coming on Ministry hey, Anton, in Motion. Anton, it's really good to be here with you. Now, the, the Ministry of Compassion, where, where did that all start and what's the foundation of well, that? Compassion uh, starts with Jesus, mm -hmm. with God, okay? But as Jesus walked this earth, uh, every time that he saw people, the Bible says that he was moved with deep compassion for them. Yeah. If you look throughout the Gospels, you know, including Matthew 9, 36, with, uh, which I just quoted, you can see that Jesus saw kids and he was moved with compassion. He saw people sick and he was moved with compassion. Any time he saw people in need, he was moved with compassion. So that's when we talk about compassion, uh, it is what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. and, and Anthony, as a matter of fact, uh, when we as Christians have to, to establish a ministry of compassion, that, that kind of makes me feel bad. Yeah. Because compassion is, it must be the natural result of accepting Jesus and loving Jesus, you know. So it is hard when we have to remind ourselves that we need to be compassionate, but at times it is necessary. At, at times and we do need to be. And that's why we have a be. ministry of compassion. Exactly. Now, the, the North American region of the Seventh-day Adventist Church is really taking this seriously. Oh, my goodness. We, we, are, we are taking this to the, to, to, to the ultimate level because we want to make sure that each one of our members is someone that, that practices what Jesus did while he walked this earth. So we have this thing called Compassion 10 Million. Okay. It is an initiative in which we're calling for all of our members, uh, our 1.2 million members uh, across North America, to, to together, collectively, to uh, practice, to uh, exercise, to do 10 million hours of compassion uh, per year. Uh, during, and that's not much. You know, if you look at 1.2 million people, that's about eight, eight point something hours a year. So we should, do a lot, we should be doing 50 million hours of compassion or, or 100 million hours of compassion. But we decided to begin with something that is 10 million, something that is doable. We want to see our people be uh, who Jesus is. Yeah. We want to be the, the eyes, the heart, the hands, and the feet of Jesus with our families, in our churches, and in our communities. Mm. So that's what compassion is. Now, terrific. Now, you've brought some slides along. Uh, one of the aspects of this initiative of 10 million is that it engages everyone. It engages everyone. But, but Anthony, even be, before we go there, let me, let me be uh, very clear with you. Compassion is what Jesus did. Yeah. People love Jesus. They follow Jesus, not because of the way he dressed, not because of the food that he ate, uh, not because of a type of music that he liked, and not even his perfection. Mm -hmm. Okay, after all, when was the last time that you talked to someone and you told them that you're better than they are and they continue to like you? You know, uh, why did people follow Jesus? Why did people love Jesus? People love Jesus because Jesus loved people. Mm. Okay, so that's what we want all of our members to know. We love people. And as we love people, people love us back too. Yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. So, so tell us about how this engages with people. Okay. Compassion is something that everybody can do. It's kind of like the universal language. 
Um, it is something that engages kids and youth and young adults and millennials. There are people that may never want to come to, to your church to hear you preach, but the moment you tell them, we're going to do something to, to eliminate uh, hunger. We're going to do something to help people who are in need. We're going to do something to help uh, exterminate slavery. As a matter of fact, there is more slavery now than there, there was ever before. Uh, there are people that will jump right on board because people want to do something that blesses others. And, uh, and in the church, one of the best ways to make sure that people get involved and engaged is by practicing compassion. You may not be able to preach, you may not be able to teach, but you can reach someone mm. by, by loving them. Mm. So uh, that is our, our first, uh, the first reason why we do compassion because it engages everyone. It's something that everybody can do. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, it is something that blesses people. Mm, exactly. So you, you may not be able to preach, but you can love people and you can bring the compassion of Jesus to them. You know how I experienced that? Uh, as a youth director, a few years ago, I was uh, leading youth ministries for a region of the Adventist Church in North America for the Northeast. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we had planned a leadership conference uh, for academy kids, for right. uh, you know, high school kids. And I remember that, um, that we had like a week prior to the event, and there were only like seven kids registered. And I was feeling totally down because I said, man, what we're doing is not relevant. So I called some of my friends and they said, um, Jose, the kids don't want to go and sit for a whole weekend to listen to someone talk. And all of a sudden, uh, Superstorm Sandy came up roaring, uh, you know, through the coast, uh, the northeast coast of the United States. I remember. And we changed the plans. We said, rather than doing a, a leadership conference, let's do a compassion mission trip to New York City, and let's help the people in need right there. And in 15 minutes, you know, kids from all of our academies, only seven had registered. We went up from seven to 160. Wow. Just because we told them now we're going to go and make a difference in a city with people who are in need. Uh, compassion engages everyone, young people, adults, kids, because God did not create you and me to sit in a church and look at the back of somebody else's head while someone feeds us with information. God created us to make a difference in the life of other people. So compassion engages everyone, perfect to engage people in ministry. Mm, okay. Now, when we come back after the break, I want to talk about how it also transforms communities. By all means, so, it does, and people. Stay right there. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is the Ministry of Compassion and our guest is Jose Cortez Jr. Now Jose, just before the break we were looking at uh, compassionate ministry, right. but now we really want to explore how compassionate ministry actually transforms communities. Tell us about that. Well, uh, not only it engage, uh, does it engage everyone, but it transforms communities. Uh, the purpose of doing compassion is not to help ourselves to feel good, is to make a difference in the life of people in the communities. How does it transform communities? At times, uh, we have to show compassion by, by doing emergency relief. Mm -hmm. That's uh, when you have uh, catastrophic events that take place, like. Uh, 
hurricanes, storms, uh, earthquakes, uh, house burns down in the community, and you go out, you see what the needs are, and you begin to respond. Yeah. That's the first uh, step to, to, to actually helping to transform communities, emergency relief. But then uh, you get um, individual uh, development. That's the moment when you go beyond just responding to emergencies and you begin to help to transform the lives of individuals. Uh, rather than feeding people all the time, you begin to help people to, to learn how to work and learn how to write and learn how to read and, and mentor kids so they can do well in school. Right. That's, that's when you begin to develop individuals. And eventually, you begin to develop communities. Mm -hmm. uh, when you help to change policies that, that oppress a community or that policies that make, make the community better, when you help to, to, to bring the community to life. So these are ways in which you're able to transform the community. And I believe that we as Christians, as a church of God, uh, we need to be involved in all of those things. Uh, may, now, now yeah. you, you brought some slides along to, yeah. to show us that. So while yeah. we're talking, they'll, they'll roll through one or two of these slides. Now, we're talking about transforming by actually entering it into the community rather than just like a drive-by or a, 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 you, a we targeted... Can, we cannot do drive-by. And yeah. we've, we've done that for too long. Mm -hmm. As a church, once a year... Uh, we do our community day and we go out into the community and we do something. Not too long ago, I was in the park in Troy, near Albany, New York. And, uh, and we were talking to some homeless. And they asked us, uh, you're from church? And we said, yes, we are. And they said, we don't trust you. And, uh, and that hurts me because yeah. I'm a minister. I love my church. But, but I said, why don't you trust us? And he says, because you guys only come around once a year. Where are you every time that we need you? Uh, you see what I'm talking about? So yes. it needs to be uh, an effort that is uh, continuous, something that doesn't stop. Uh, we are the church, and we're the church every single day of the week. We're here for our community every day, every week, not just once a year. We need to be the church not only of the past or the church of the future, because at times when we talk about church, we talk about the great things that happened in the past, the awesome things as Jesus is coming again in the future. But how about today? Yeah. We need to be the church of the present. And when we're helping to transform communities by doing emergency relief, by developing individuals, and by developing communities, getting into the things that are happening. Mm. Uh, at times, we, we are oblivious to what's happening in our community. And the community is oblivious to us mm. as Christians. So when we begin to make a difference in the life of the communities, then we're the church of today, not only the church of the past and the church of the future. Yeah. Now, the, the public square is a, a vital place where we can minister within a community. Unpack that a little for us, will you, Jose? Uh, you can preach all you want within your church building, mm -hmm. and you're going to attract very little the people who are outside. Yes. The moment you become a presence in the community is when you begin to do something outside of the church walls. Or when you begin to use your church walls to bless the people from outside the church walls. Right. Uh, just a very little example. In New York City, we did a rally, Compassion Rally, uh, in 2013. During that year, we had... Do we have some pictures of this? We have pictures. We have yeah. pictures right okay. there, you know. Okay. Uh, we had lots of people that came to preach uh, from all over the world in New York City. Uh, they got zero media coverage. We decided that we were going to go out and bless the community with 10,000 hours of compassion in New York City. And on Saturday afternoon, we did a march against 
violence. They're having issues with violence in New York. Mm -hmm. uh, we called for a press conference. And guess what? The media showed up. Over seven or eight different uh, entities from the New York City media, which is the busiest news media in the world, they showed up. And that afternoon, they were all covering the Adventist church in the news, yeah. saying the Adventists are not only here to preach, but they actually care about us in our communities. Wow. When you do something for the community, all of a sudden, you earn the right to be part of the public square of the place where you are. Mm. You know, so it ushers you right into, pub into the public square, right into the public uh, place of your city when you're doing something that can change and can help change your community. And it's not as though we're doing this compassionate ministry purely for the sake of recognition. We don't. Yeah. We don't. We do it because it is the right, right thing to do. And I think we have a slide that shows when the press came in and we were able to do a press, uh, press conference and let them know that, that, that we were there because we love them. I think, I think yeah. we have a slide on that. But uh, we do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. But a, a result of that is mm -hmm. that people actually notice what we're doing when they see us doing something that changes the community. Exactly. Now, when something goes viral with compassionate ministry, it really takes on a life of its own. Yeah. Tell us a little about that. Well, compassion also goes viral. Mm -hmm. uh, you see, I think right there we have the, the, the this, his, they're showing the slide, you know, of when, when we were able to talk on the, on the news and do that. But let me tell you, what happened uh, after we, um, we did this compassion rally in New York City, mm -hmm. uh, all of a sudden, other people began to notice what we did, and they began to do it, and they began to want to do it. Uh, compassion. That compassion, yeah. There was a bombing in, at, at a marathon in, in, in Boston. I don't know if you remember that. That I was a few years ago. And all of a sudden, people from the churches in Boston were calling, and they were saying, hey, uh, you did something in New York. Why can't we do something in Boston? And, uh, and right away, we went out to, to Boston, and we got together with the people there, and we organized a beautiful, compassion event in which we were able to go out into the city and, and give flowers with a promise to the people on the first day when the, when the crime scene was open, uh, we were there to, to minister to the people. Then I heard from the people of uh, Hamilton, Bermuda, in the island of Bermuda. They said, uh, you did this in, in New York and you did it in Boston. Why can't we do it in, in Bermuda? So we went out to Bermuda and, and, and it was done in Bermuda as well. And then the people from Portland, Maine, it's a very small place, okay? And they called and they said, what can we do it in Portland, Maine? And so little by little, uh, it began to, uh, you know, the, the, the snowball effect began to get bigger and bigger. And eventually one day I was on the Internet and um, I realized that there were some photos from the Philippines. Wow, that's and, a long way away. And people were doing compassion in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, sure enough, the same logo that we use, the same, the, you know, because everyone, everyone is engaged by doing something that benefits others. It is in the very character of Jesus, and it is in the very character of those of us that were created by Jesus. So even this year, uh, you know, I'm looking at photos from South America, and I see uh, the Adventist church in South America using compassion uh, and making a big deal with compassion. So it's gone very far, you know, That's and insane. it all began with a rally, you know, in, in New York City in 2013. Mm -hmm. So now it's going worldwide. Okay. It's totally viral. It's wonderful. Jose, we want to come back straight after the break and talk about the benefits 
of this Ministry of Compassion. Sure. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is the Ministry of Compassion and our guest is Jose Cortez Jr. Now, Jose, we've been tracing through this, this whole Ministry of Compassion. Let's come now to the actual benefits. What are the benefits of this ministry, this Jesus-centered Ministry of Compassion? The first benefit is that people are blessed. And as Christians, we need to make it very clear um, whether people ever come to church or not, uh, I mean, we want them to be baptized. We want them to come. But Jesus loved people regardless. Mm -hmm. Jesus fed people that never got baptized. Yeah. Jesus fed people and counseled with people that never came back to him. He healed people that, that we don't realize in the Bible whether they made it to, that they're going to make it to the kingdom or not. But he did it anyway because it is the right thing to do. Uh, so the first thing is that you transform people and communities by loving them. Mm. No strings attached, okay? Uh, if you're going to do it, you just love people. Uh, that's, a, that's the first benefit. And when you love people and you do something for them, their, their, their lives are changed as a result of that. So that's the first benefit of compassion. Right. So the, the, the benefit to the recipients of the compassion. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is totally selfless. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, we're called to be selfless. Yes. Okay, so that's the best... The, the first benefit that I see for compassion is just that communities are transformed, people are transformed, families go from living a life that wasn't all, all of that great to living a better life. Yeah. And we can do that just by showing our compassion and by, for, by doing something for them. Mm. But then there are some selfish benefits as well, you know, as a church. Um, what better thing than to activate our members who are not active? When you begin to call people to do something on behalf of others and you give them the opportunity to, go, to do it together in community with other church members, your church gets activated. And the people who are just warming pews, uh, doing nothing, uh, that the people that don't feel that they have the gifts to go up on the platform or the ones who are shy to, to speak, in, you know, church is not about talking in front of people. Church is not about the pulpit. Church is about ministering to people and ministering to the needs of people where they are. So people love doing that. Mm. So you're able to activate church members that were doing nothing, you know, kids that don't, don't get taken into account. They're able to do, adults, even the, the elderly are able to do something that is compassionate towards others. So it activates your members mm. and it helps to retain the members you, who you have in your church because people who are engaged in ministry usually don't leave your church. Yeah. Okay, so that is a benefit, a tremendous benefit that, that is selfish. When you do compassion, you activate your members and you retain, retain the members that, that you have. And I know that there is something that we call total membership involvement, total member involvement. Compassion is great for that mm -hmm. uh, because uh, everyone is, you're able to engage everyone when it comes to, to, to compassion. Everyone can do it. You know, you're absolutely right, Jose, because I think of the, the New Testament times when, when Jesus ascended and the disciples were left, sure, they were given the Holy Spirit. But you look at Peter and John in, in Acts when, when they were going up to the temple, the ministry of compassion to the cripple. Yep. When, when you look at Paul and Barnabas when they went to the city of Lystra in Acts chapter 14, once again, there was a, a, a crippled man 
that through the power of God, through the ministry of compassion, they healed him. And there was extraordinary results as a result of these. And things. there are many stories that perhaps we, we, we will never read about in, that happened in the New Testament as a result of the example that these, the apostles, you know, uh, of the things they did. Because I'm sure that people were watching exactly. and that people imitated some exactly. of their work, yeah. you know. So the Bible is filled with stories of compassion. Yeah. So that's the second benefit. But then there is another one. Right. Church growth. Okay. I've heard people that say that compassion is light. Evangelism or evangelism light, you know, mm -hmm. that, is not, that is not real evangelism. Let me, let me make it very clear. There is no better evangelism than loving people. Yes. Is that, is that, is that can I that say evangelism? that? Isn't uh, that evangelism? It is evangelism. There is no better evangelism because at times, as a church, we have a big mouth mm -hmm. as Christians, and we can talk a lot. But it seems that our arms and our legs are amputated. Yeah. Okay, so uh, when, when you preach to people and when you share the gospel with people who, whom you have benefited, who, whom you have befriended, uh, they are most, more likely to listen to you than when you try just to uh, send flyers out to total strangers and then pretend that they will come and hear what you have to say. You know, Jesus did not start by calling them to follow him. Jesus started by mingling, by loving them, by satisfying their needs, and, and by gaining their confidence, and then he said, follow me. Mm -hmm. So Jesus did it, and it worked for him. I think it, it, he knows a lot about this whole thing of the gospel and sharing, so it could as well work for us, of you know? Of course. That model so, is there for a reason. So for church growth, it's awesome, mm -hmm. because you're talking to people that you have already befriended. We can be the best flyers. Rather than having the, the postal office, you know, the post office doing the work of inviting people for us, if we were out there being compassionate with our neighbors, with our co-workers, with our classmates, and with our communities, uh, you know, it's much easier to invite someone that you have befriended to come listen to the gospel than exactly. to go invite a total stranger. Exactly. Jose, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on Ministry in Motion. And thank you for introducing this wonderful, biblical, Christ-focused ministry, compassion. That's right. It's as simple as that. It's not rocket science. It's living it in the community and doing it. In practical the theology. Exactly. Practical gospel. Thank you. No and we want to thank you for joining us for another program of Ministry in Motion as well. We have a very special offer that we'd like to offer you today. If you're a pastor and you'd like to receive or be considered for a complimentary subscription to Ministry Magazine, write to us. Send us an email, feedback at ministryinmotion.tv. Tell us about your ministry and what you do. Just a few sentences. And you may be eligible to receive a complimentary subscription to this fantastic, practical, professional ministry journal. It's been around since 1928 and it offers great resources for pastors who are doing ministry in a local church. It's internationally focused and has a wonderful reputation. I'd like to thank you for joining us for another Ministry in Motion program. You're also welcome to visit our website. On our website, we have all the programs that we've ever produced and you can watch them all on demand 24 seven. May God richly bless you and your ministry and bye for now.